Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to receive support from VCU Massey Cancer Center. Massey Cancer Center wants you to imagine a future without cancer. All it takes is one, a revolutionary idea, a promising clinical trial, or a new breakthrough. See how Massey is developing new approaches to prevent and treat cancer for every person in every community. Learn more about this future for everyone at MasseyCancerCenter.org. I'm Kelly Lemon. And I'm Michael Paul Williams. And welcome to the After the Monuments podcast, where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how, too often, history repeats itself. Welcome to another episode of After the Monuments, a real talk about race, Kelly Lemon, Michael Paul Williams, and it is our honor and privilege to have somebody that is really, really doing the thing within the Richmond community. I can't give you, I, I don't want to state your titles because I feel like there's a lot, but that also will put you in a, in, a, in a little bubble that might not allow you to expand outwards from that. But Alan Charles Chipman, thank you for joining us today on the show. It's an honor to be here, Sean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For those that are listening nationally, um, can you tell us a little bit about all of the roles, though, that you do do in this community? Sure. Uh, well, I'm the ex executive director of Initiatives to Change USA. We're a racial healing and peace building organization. Um, some of us, some of you all may know us as Hope in the Cities previously, but we really, um, really look into the history. As James Baldwin says, you know, the, the job of the black writer is to really excavate history and figure out how we got where we are. And mm -hmm. so we're having an infrastructure of helping people understand how we got here, but also mm -hmm. building an infrastructure to get us to the new future we're trying to get, get to. So that looks like advocacy. That looks like our intersecting history network of really um, bringing people into understanding um, history from the different um, institutions they may be used to. And so, and then, you know, sometimes I write some things on the internet. And <laughs> I stop getting invited to stuff, but it's all good. <laughs> That's a badge of honor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and you are a man of the cloth too, right? I'm a reverend. That's yeah, right. yeah. I'm a reverend. I've been preaching since I was six years old. So, wow. Uh, out of the fine tradition. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Are you from Richmond? Nah, I'm from Baltimore. Okay. How'd you get here? How'd I get here? Well, my 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 uh, when I was in college, my parents moved here. I, I graduated college when I was 19, so I was really young. Where'd you mm. go? Uh, Messiah College, because my parents were like, my baby going to go to a Christian college, because mm. I graduated high school when I was 15, so wow. they, they were like, wow. I'm not going to send my child anywhere, so I was in Pennsylvania, um, I studied human development and family science, which really introduced me to kind of systems theory and seeing how the societal impacts the communal and the individual and that connection, and that's just something that kind of stuck with me, so, mm. yeah. Got it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you got here through. Yeah, they started the church when I was in, in college. And so I was young and they were like, man, there's no way this person really graduated. So I couldn't really find a job. So I was like, I'm going to come out here, help y'all start a church. And so I lived in Chesterfield for maybe about nine years. Mm. And then I moved to Richmond uh, shortly after. Got it. Love yeah. it. So um, I'm kind of like someone who's followed. Hope in the Cities. Yeah. Known as Hope in the Cities. Man, we got, a, we got a great documentary of Michael Paul Williams with a fresh fade, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Wait, breaking it down. Hair? Yes, yeah. yeah. You I know, love it. I love we're it. Talking, we're I think talking. he had a part in there, too. Oh, wait. <laughs> We're talking 30 years ago. You can, you can find an old column picture oh, with, yeah, yeah. With, with, with the fade. With yeah. the fade. I can't wait to go find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah those, those days are over. Mm. But um, that happens to everyone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, tell us more about Initiatives of Change, yeah. and, and, and more specifically, because 
it's Initiatives of Change USA. And I know it as a global organization. Oh, yeah, yeah. And tell me how it fits in for people who maybe aren't as attuned to it in, in kind of the, the lexicon of, 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 of advocacy compared mm-hmm. to, say, the NAACP yeah. or Color of Change mm-hmm. yeah. or other organizations that are working for, for social justice, equity, yeah. um, advancement of uh, people of color. Yeah, I mean, and a shout out to all those organizations as well. Um, initiatives of Change, you know, we were a global organization. Uh, we were started after World War II and really trying to bring the world together. And um, and then we had some people throughout time, like Brother Rob Corcoran, Reverend T. Turner, and some others who were saying, you know, there was this war that was fought in America, mm. right, called a civil war. Who's going to kind of turn that, that gaze inwardly and see how we apply our, our values um, of love, honesty, unselfishness, and accountability to what has happened in America when it, around this concept of race. And so um, that's why they, they led um, movements such as Healing the Heart of America, which was one of the um, first big ones to really talk about race that happened here. And so we, we really um, are really focused, kind of our mentality in change theory is new, ma- new mindsets, new cycles, new futures. Because mm. the passing of time, as, as Dr. King says, time is neutral. Uh, it passes, it depends on how you use it. And so it's really how do we develop new mindsets on how people think about each other? How do people interrogate the histories they've inherited? Mm. Um, and then how do you react to those histories in a way that will bring about a cycle of healing? So how do we go from cycles of violence into cycles of healing, cycles of just lying on each other to embracing the truth about each other? Um, and so that advocacy really um, really leads into also, we want to be someone that's not the center of the attention, but we really want to look about as the age of our institution, the relationships our institutions have, how can we leverage those relationships to help amplify the agency of what communities are already trying to do. Mm-hmm. I've always been curious, how did Richmond come to be <laughs> your headquarters? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of like stories around what that is, but um, really the, the truth of it is, is I don't think, I, and maybe this is me coming outside of Richmond and coming here, sometimes I don't think Richmond understands uh, so many of the deep origins of some of the great things we see and some of the troubling history we see like have originated here. Mm-hmm. Like when we think about the origins of the American colonial project, when we think about um, the origins of the concept of whiteness uh, based in uh, based in code, when we you know there's 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 so much um, that happened here that reverberates. It's actually funny before Pharrell had his something in the water. Uh, festival. We actually had one on the National Day of Racial Healing called Something in the Water that was talking about a lot of the philosophies, good, bad, ugly, that uh, kind of rose out of these waters here in Richmond. Mm. Um, uh, so we were on the same wavelength, I guess, no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Richmond is 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 kind of the bat cave <laughs> of a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, there's some villains in the bat cave sometimes, and sometimes there's some good people there too. So it's it's really uh, ground zero of the ideolo- ideological uh, philosophy and framing that has formed how we see each other, not just as uh, uh, a city and a nation, but also as the world, mm. right? Um, and Virginia certainly has that role yeah, as makes, well. It makes perfect, when you explain it, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of what we are trying to project with After the Monuments. Yes. You, you can't yeah. understand America if you don't understand Richmond. Yeah. Mm. But <clears throat> I don't think Richmond has sees itself in that way. Yes. Yeah. It's someone that can drive 
the national conversation on race. Yeah. Which sure. really all that conversation started here. So yeah, it, yeah. It we have we have conversations and places we can have the conversation in a way that not too many places in the world can have. And I wish mm-hmm. that we would kind of lean into that instead of having one of the most significant protest pieces since World War II sitting in a basement somewhere. You know? Wow. So. And I got to give you all credit. <laughs> 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 that was tough. And, but, but you know what I don't, mean? Don't drop the mic yeah, on the floor until after. We've not even gotten in 10 minutes worth of this. But you know what? Let me say this. And I, I got to give you a little flowers um, yeah. because – you know, as someone that is socially, and yeah. when I say socially connected, yeah. I'm talking art, I'm talking food, I'm talking music, I'm talking yeah. sports, right? But as Michael Paul just said, when you just stated it, you made it make sense, yeah. right? And sometimes when I don't understand the fight, yeah, I turn to... All right, Alan Charles going to make it make sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're going to say it in a way that doesn't belittle me. Right. Doesn't make me feel like I have to right. join your fight. Yeah. However, you're going to give me the points to which I need to then process right. to figure out how I can get involved. Or then I can regurgitate that to this social world that really doesn't want to get into yeah. the dirt and the grime and, and what you're doing. So, you know, yeah. like, I, I love the way that, you know, your activism yeah. has made sense. Yeah, you know, one of, one of my founding um, philosophies and mantras I live by is Brother Kwame Ture, or no, formerly known as Kwame, uh, formerly known as Stokely Carmichael, mm-hmm. said, the job of the conscious is to make the unconscious conscious, mm-hmm. right? So somebody had to wake me up, um, and um, my 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 job, and we're always waking up, you know. And just because you're up doesn't mean you're out of bed either. But yeah. um, you know, it, helping people to understand is a huge part of it. I mean, I, I tell people all the time: most of the isms, the racisms, and the sexisms, and all those things. If I think of it as like a hybrid car, right? It's probably about maybe 30, 20 to thirty percent of hate. But 70-80% of that is just ignorance. People mm. don't know, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 most of the cruel things that happen in this world require thrive on invisibility and people not knowing. Mm. I especially definitely learned that in and uh we we did a two-year clemency campaign to get a brother out of prison who was over sentenced. But talking to people who 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 still go through modern day slavery and a lot of the cruelty of that, a lot of that system is able to survive because it's invisible. And yeah. so there's something revolutionary about um taking the invisible and and, and, and having people to look at it. Uh, to really understand the the reality of of the society we live in. Let's go back five years. This show is about after the monuments, but it's yeah. really about yeah. you know the same things are still happening. When they, sure. be, you know before they went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as this 175 year old paper was there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know when they went up. Right. And now you know with Michael Paul, you know being who he is, we were there. In, in depth when right. it came down. Um, yeah. Take us through your feelings, your thoughts of how that has formed Richmond um, before and after and kind of where, where are we going? What, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What's, what's still happening within, you know, that, that climate? Yeah, so one of the things that I like to say is um, um, there's a difference between taking down Confederate monuments and taking down Confederate outcomes, right? I think there's a lot of things, if that statue came alive and uh, looked at the 
still the stratification of race uh, when it comes to who has access to wealth, housing, different things that is that. I think on that day, Robert E. Lee probably would have volunteered to step down and said, uh, looks like y'all got it. <laughs> <laughs> right? My, my work is done <laughs> here. Right? Hey. Right off, yeah, right off into the sunset. <laughs> right? Uh, you know what I mean? So, I, so, I, 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 mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sadly, I mean, I look at, you know, us killing each other. Yeah. And I feel the same way about the Klan. Man. It's yeah. like, why yeah. do we even need to be here? Yeah. yeah. They're doing a fine yeah. job themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because when you, when you, when, when, that's the that's the power of thought, right? When you can when you can develop a value system on how someone sees each other, it almost runs on autopilot, right? Like it's almost like the Chat GPT or AI of racism, right? Once you have that algorithm set into someone's mind, um, they begin generating things themselves about how they believe. Which is why when we talk about getting to a new future, the first part is that that new mindset is what is the valuation that we put on ourselves. Mm. This becomes also very true when we think about. Um, uh, uh, black leadership, right? You know, Kwame Ture talks about uh, in Black Power and the politics of liberation. You know, he critiqued King and said, you know, you do nonviolence to change people's conscience, but you you make the fatal assumption that America still has a conscience. I think mm. sometimes we make the fatal assumption that Black Power will automatically come with a politic of, of liberation. But I think we can have a politic of exploitation with Black Power. We can have a politic of gentrification with Black Power. And so, uh, yeah, so some of those things as far as what, what does that look like is, you know, how do we deal with the reality of uh, Confederates still writing, writing legislation with black hands? Um, what do you do with that, right? Uh, how do we participate in the system with that? And so a lot of these outcomes that we see is kind of like that chat GBT AI, the automation of white supremacy through uh, black legislators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, again, not, a, not the most popular thing to bring up. And, mm -hmm. and also to uh, look at the context of the, you know, from the statewide and the other things that restrict uh, black movement. But there is a, a notion of that accountability, which I think was powerful in um, talking about black power and the politics of liberation, which was kind of the tension we have with the Stop Cop City movement. I just was in Atlanta talking with them, and they're like, man, you know, we out here doing this work, and everybody's quoting Dr. King, even though militarism was one of the triple evils that he named, and you got Andrew Young and John O'Brien, all this, standing behind this type of stuff, and it's just kind of like this, huh, this is something that we're going to, you know, have to have healing and talk about ourselves and how we show up and and what is really the goal that we have? Is it to do the symbolic things and now I can be the person who took down the monuments and run on this platform, but what does it look like to get an understanding and be real about how much have we been kind of that automation of white supremacy mm -hmm. and the locus of control that we have from, from religion to business to politics? And I think when we talk about the differentiation between organizations, our organizations also kind of call people into taking account um, um, and, and seeing what has our self-determination uh, produced for our community. I mean, I don't know how much I want to get into it, but this, this is the whole this is the whole split between the casino type stuff. Right? Yeah. I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, no. oh, you know, you know, he was going there because yeah. I was in I was in city council, and oh. someone said I'm in the here in the spirit of Malcolm X and Frederick Douglass and, and Malcolm Martin Luther King, and I say build this casino, and I'm like, now wait, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. No. Huh? No. no, okay, I ain't read the minutes that day. <laughs> 
here's the thing where yeah. the, in the aftermath, after the monument, yes. the defining issue in Richmond yes. has been whether to build a casino or not. Yes. And I love the way you framed it the other day yeah. in the context of what's happening in the country with the, right. the extreme anti-democratic yes. impulses that are, yes. that, are, that are driving the Constitution and everything else down the toilet. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and t- I'm not going to, I can't say it as eloquently as you did, but yeah. just how, just repeat Is it. Is this just the right time to be doing this? I mean, I'm, I, I literally was in Atlanta with the Cop City organizers, and now they're moving towards having a referendum uh, to stop Cop City. And my first thought was, thank God they're not in Richmond, because I don't think Richmond respects referendums. And, and, and you know, yeah, even last, a, even context, la- we had a referendum in right. which, the yes. casino was defeated, and right. now they want a do-over. Right, and and and, and the mayor said we'll respect the will of the people two days after the vote, but that's another thing. But um, uh, the main point of it is we're going to have a lot of different things that are going to rely on referendums. Even last uh, General Assembly, there was efforts to put to, to enshrine the woman's right to choose on a referendum in the ballot. Are we seriously saying if 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 that passed, and and Glenn Youngkin and the General Assembly said? Well, you know, we don't, you know, there was misinformation or we don't like the racial makeup of the vote. And if you look at the map of Virginia, who voted, like, will we really accept that? And so we just have to kind of think a little bit more long term. I mean, one of the things that, one of my favorite um, messages by Dr. King is how to stay awake during a revolution. He tells the story of Rip Van Winkle. He said the greatest sin of Rip Van Winkle isn't that he slept that long, was that, was that when he went to sleep, the England was king. And when he woke up, George Washington was president and he slept through a revolution. And he warns us against the lullabies that bring us back into a state of just kind of not paying attention. Because one of the things that that is that, that where we are now? Yeah, yeah, we sleeping. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I jokingly said, you know, 2020 was the year of the, uh, waking up, and 2021 and beyond is the is the year of the lullaby because they want us to go back to sleep. As mm. I was saying earlier in the show, mm. it's like Men in Black, right? You got black brothers in the suit and the white brothers in the suit, and they hold up, put the shades on, hit the button, and they want you to forget. <laughs> and 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 when you look at even when you even even like before like the protest, I even think about the death of Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle, right? Mm-hmm. What he was able to do in Crenshaw and, and how he was able to invest in his, his business, and you have people talking about, yeah, let's 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 be black owned, let's own our neighborhood, let's 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 invest into the people that are there. You know, again, I talked about the the model of Maggie Walker, having things where people can bring in their pennies and leave with dollars, not casinos where people go in with dollars and leave with pennies. Mm. But <laughs> it's 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 strange to me that we went. Just as an ethos of, of black people, we went from buy back the block to bet the block. I mm. turn on TV, I see Kevin Hart, Kevin Garnett, Jamie Foxx, every black person. I've ever seen anybody something in telling somebody to, you know, what's the up and what's the under and bet this and do this. And I'm like, how did we get lulled into taking, for those of us who are privileged enough to have expendable income, to, to going from building things on that Maggie Walker model to... The house, the house always wins. Right, the house always wins. And it's like America. Yeah, the house yeah. is rigged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For us to lose, and it's like, yeah. we, well, okay, we're going to buy into that. Yeah, yeah. By promoting things. Yeah. That and, and so that's the thing, which is very strange, because we as black people certainly cannot afford to erode democracy. Because, because if you know, what was what's the saying when 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 white America gets the cold, black America gets the flu. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, when we are having to rely on things. And it's not just enshrining a woman's right to choose. I mean, there's the stop slavery movement that's happened. I know people who are trying to get the, the movement to end prison exploitation wages. That's going to have to go to a referendum. And so it's like, 
I can understand if this was the Civil Rights Act of 2023 that got voted down, and we say, you know, um, Prince, we're going to do this, but we're going to do this for a casino? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's it's and it's sad that that's where we are. That this has become this is this issue has dominated the news so much here. Yeah, yeah. and that our hopes and dreams have been reduced to something that's inherently yeah <laughs> been proven. Yeah, so it's so so and and that's and that's and that's kind of the work that we do as an organization because I always I always think about September Clark and, and ready from within right. Um, because racism and all the isms are two parts. One is the mental investment of do I believe this is true or not. The second part of it is the material return. Mm. What is what do these lies produce for me, and what is my relationship to that? Mm-hmm. The, the the thing that's becoming more and more complicated in as black people get more access to material return off of unjust systems. They may say, yeah, brother, I don't believe that either. Okay, but what's your relationship with the material return? Are you still exploiting people? As Angela Davis says, I don't care if you're black, white, or yellow. If you're exploiting somebody, that's something inherently wrong with that. We have to begin exploring our relationship with the material return once we got the job that you know, our grandmama and them prayed for. Mm-hmm. And once we got into those positions where we were the first this and the first that, and you know, there's a whole thing around the first shall be last around. It's like, why is it 2023 and we still getting first? Yeah. But Anyways, once we get into those rooms of power, we also have access to the material return that this violent system produces for us. And so once we're in that, it's okay. I'm sure a black person doesn't think uh, I'm less than, but what, is, what do they think about exploitation? And this is what Dr. King talks about when he says, you know, we have an agreement around racial prejudice, but we've yet to develop an agreement on economic exploitation. And so he says, is both, we have to, in order to, to, to create a, a new future of a beloved community, uh, we have to fight racial prejudice and we have to fight economic exploitation. And so there seems to be, especially when you have donors who are doing the economic exploitation, funding your campaign, especially in housing and realtors and all those other things that is that, we have black people who are in a situation that perhaps other generations haven't had, the oppor- haven't had I guess, the opportunity and whatever the challenge to go through, is how are we going to have a different re- relationship with the material return than some of the people who oppressed our ancestors. You're listening to After the Monuments, a real talk about race. Kelly Lemon, Michael Paul Williams with our guest today, Alan Charles Chetman. We'll see y'all next time. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pacilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale, executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provides studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon, and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments. Huge thanks to Massey Cancer Center for being our After the Monuments sponsor.